Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. go a different route. 2 Corinthians chapter number 12 and verse number 7 this morning. If you're there, say amen. amen. If not, look to the screen. And lest I should be exalted above measure, the apostle Paul says, through the abundance of the revelations that there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses, For Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then am I strong. For a little while this morning, I'd like to minister to this precious group of people that have come here today, this subject matter, made stronger by the struggle. Made stronger by the struggle. Will you help me right now in prayer? Father, I come to you this morning. Thank you, Lord, that you're so mindful of us. God, you're so mindful of us. You care, God, about the things that influence and impact our lives. I pray, oh, Lord, today, touch every mind in this place today. Touch every family, every home, every individual. Touch me, oh, God, as I try to minister the word of the Lord. Give me, Lord, I pray, God, correct and apt words to speak, Lord, appropriate. God, that can somehow find and help, Lord, where someone may be. Give us, Lord, encouragement and strength today. Help us, God, to be empowered by your word and supported, God, by your word. If the word were framed by the word of God then it is certainly something that we can stand upon and have confidence and security and I pray oh God bless us today as we bless you through our worship and through our praise in the lovely name of Jesus Christ that I pray amen and amen everybody say amen amen, amen. you may be seated this morning in the lovely name of the Lord made stronger by the struggle couple weeks ago now during one of our isolated times at National Youth Convention, we were in our room and our kids were watching Animal Planet or something very similar to that that highlights animals and their habitats. And what was there on the screen as they were watching and being intrigued by this is there was a herd of bison, otherwise known as buffalo, that were in a terrain and they were being stalked by a pack of wolves that were on the peripheral round about them. And among the bison were some young, were some calves, inexperienced calves that were among them, some of their sons and some of their daughters. And the adult bison were very protective of their young. 
very protective of their sons and their daughters. And they kept them, for the most part, surrounded as much as they could at all times because they knew that their sons and their daughters or those young calves were easy prey. And so the wolves are on the peripheral of this herd here. They're advancing toward them. They are attempting to penetrate the herd of buffalo. And so as a result, this herd of buffalo set in migration mode. They started to travel. Some of them began to run. And they ran relatively quick all the while, managing, as it were, to keep those calves, those young, uh, encircled and safe and protected from the pack of wolves that were trying to penetrate that herd and snip or snag one of those young. And I don't remember this morning if, if the calf and its mother got separated first or if a wolf seized the opportunity to snag a leg of one of those young calves, of that calf. But either way, that initial step uh, kept this mother and her calf from continuing with the rest of the herd. They ran on and they got separated from the rest of the herd. And so now the mother was there all alone. She was by herself with her calf unable to defend every side of that calf and that animal though she tried to the best of her ability she was greatly greatly outnumbered the wolves were snipping from every side trying to get a hold of that young tender flesh of that calf and so that mom would move from the left side to the right side in front and back just trying her best to stay those those wolves and their attacks guarding it to the best of her ability and from all appearances it seemed to be a very hopeless case as I'm there with bated breath watching this dear calf that's going to be taken down by a wolf. They're separated from the herd. The odds are against them. The calf only has the protection and the defense of his mother yet while the calf was being attacked by, by different wolves from the pack from side to side finally he kicked back with its hind legs and the wolves became a little less aggressive after the calf lashed out at the wolves and in that moment the narrator of the scene said these words he said the calf was made stronger by the struggle I would dare to say this morning that each of us in our lives, we don't wake up in the morning or decide one week that we're going to go look for a fight or that we're going to go look for trouble or we're going to go look for a, tri a trial or that we're going to go pick a fight with the enemy and turn over every rock until we get that accomplished. Typically, as humanity this morning, we don't go on searches for conflict. We don't go on searches for problems. We shy away from things that may lead to difficulty or look like they're going to be troublesome. We don't look for trouble because we know as humans eventually trouble is going to find us. Conflict is going to enter our lives. If anything, we'd rather try to hide than go after trouble. We learn and understand that there are hardships in our lives that come without us saying, come on. There's things that interrupt our lives that's common to most men without us writing them a letter of invitation to somehow mess up our lives. But I agree today that we all somewhere in our life have a tipping point. We all have a level of struggle though it may not be announced and we may not tell people but we have a level of struggle in our life that we believe is enough. 
And when we reach that point, we find ourselves saying to the trial, cursing the trial, if you will, requesting that it might be dismissed from our lives, just that it would all end in our language. Enough is enough. Can someone say amen? And so whenever our problems begin to exceed what we can manage, we begin to feel overwhelmed. When our trial lasts a little bit longer than what we first expected, it would last. We become somewhat frustrated that it's not over yet. When our strength begins to wane a little bit under the burden of everything we're contending with, everything we have on our shoulders, we've done decided it's gone too far and it has lasted too long. Can someone say amen? But I believe this morning in the New Testament scripture that must have been exactly how the Apostle Paul felt concerning the thorn that was in his flesh. We don't know for sure what this thorn was in his flesh. We don't know exactly what this thing described as a thorn that Paul had was, amen, in his flesh. But we do know for Paul it was an irritation. For Paul it was a nuisance. For Paul it was an annoyance. For Paul it was something that frustrated him. Not knowing what it was, but it still bothered Paul and it would become a nuisance to Paul in, in, in and of itself whenever you say a thorn or if we can bring it down to even a more basic level let's just call it a splinter if you will if we were to say a thorn or a splinter that in itself seems very harmless that within itself doesn't seem like much as a matter of fact we'd probably laugh somebody to scorn if they begin to dramatize the fact that they had a thorn or a splinter in their skin say man you just need to toughen up you big sister see what's your problem it's just a thorn it's just a splinter but for Paul I think it was more than just it being a thorn but it was the persistence of the thorn amen it never went away a thorn in and of itself man get some tweezers pluck it out but what if that thorn became a constant part of your life never went away anytime you hit a fabric it snugged it hurt it was always a part of your life Paul didn't so much have problems with the thorn in and of itself but the fact that it was still there and it would always be there and it would never go away Amen, because after some time of it not being dismissed, after some time of it not going away, he cries unto the Lord in verse 8. And he says, God, can you just relieve me of this thorn? Can you make it stop? Can it not dig any deeper? Whatever it was in his life, can you just take it away? And the Bible says he besought the Lord thrice. He besought the Lord three times. Take it away. I don't know about you, but there's been stages in my life things have entered that I kind of got to that place of fed up, if you will, and went to God and said, God, just take it away. Take it out of my life. Dismiss it. Tell it playtime is over. I don't really want it anymore in my life. It was no big deal when it first came, but I didn't know it was going to just go on and come and move in into my life and stay around for the amount of time that it's been around. Dismiss it. Lord, please let it just depart from me. But Paul was at that stage that many of us have reached. Or perhaps even some have just reached that point this week. I don't know. No big deal to begin with. 
That trial, no big deal. That problem, no big deal. But whenever next week, it's still there. And next week, it's still there. And next month, it's still there. And half the year's over, and it's still there. It starts to wear upon our hearts. It starts to wear upon our minds. Why? Because the struggle is still there. There's still no answer to that dilemma. There's still no help to that situation. And we're dealing with a struggle that's constantly, constantly there. When it first came, we did not flinch. But now we're begging God. God, give me some relief. God, take this away. Why? Because this has become a long struggle. Someone say amen. It's overstepped everything that I deemed as being common. We draw comfort, you know, from 1 Corinthians 10, 13, speaking to us that there hath no temptation which means trial right there, or test, taking you, but such as is common to me. But the moment struggles, trials, and the longevity of them exceed what we define in our minds as common. We're ready sometimes to retreat, or at least ready for them to withdraw, because God... I, in my definition of common, this is going beyond what's stated in your word. The Bible says, 2 Corinthians 12, 7, if I may read again, he said, lest I should be exalted, Paul said, above measure, through the abundance of the revelations. He said, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above Measure. The setting of the scripture is this. Paul has just made a trip as though it's described into the third heaven. He mentions whether in the body or out of the body, I know not. But it was just something celestial. It was something supernatural that Paul had experienced. He mentions that he witnessed things there, seen things there. Heard things there that were not even lawful for a man to utter. As a matter of fact, there were some things that he experienced there he could not tell anybody else. It was just too glorious. It was just too supernatural. And the Bible says he received an abundance, as it describes it, an abundance of the revelations. But God, in order to promote balance in Paul's life, he says you have these abundance of revelations, but I gotta promote some balance in your life. And as a result of that, I must give you this thorn. Amen. In other words, for Paul, revelations did not come come without their frustrations too. God says, I'll give you the revelation, but I gotta give you the thorn. I gotta give you the frustration with it. Somebody say struggle. And yet Paul says, Lord, let this annoyance depart from me. Lord, let this thorn depart from me. Hallelujah. Sorry, Paul, can't do that. Can't withdraw that. You would not be able to handle what you experienced if I did not position you in this struggle with the thorn. And greater than that, Paul, if I dismiss the struggle, you will miss out on the strength because you're going to be made stronger by the struggle. Some would say amen. 
I got to tell somebody today, God may allow certain things into our lives because he's trying to promote balance in our lives. But there's something greater than that. If he would remove the struggle, we would miss out on the strength. So don't try to dismiss it. Don't ask God to take it away because all the while that is there, you're getting stronger. You're getting... I don't feel strong. Let me tell you, strength in Christ is when you don't feel strong, but he says you are strong. Someone say amen. You'll become stronger by the struggle. Hallelujah. God says, my strength is made perfect in weakness. Paul says, what? Wait, hold on. Wait a minute, God. Yeah, my strength is made perfect in weakness. Wait a minute, God. Just forget what I said about letting that depart. Just forget what I said about taking that thorn. Just just forget what I said about just dismissing that. Don't release me from the struggle. As a matter of fact, this is what in my own words Paul said. As a matter of fact, God, if the struggle makes me stronger, go ahead and allow them. Go ahead and let them enter my life. Anytime you deem it necessary, go on and give me the infirmity. Give me the reproach. Give me the persecution. Give me the distress because when I'm weak, then am I strong because I'm made stronger by the struggle. Hallelujah. And so from the pages of the New Testament scripture, Paul's telling us, that I was made stronger by the struggle. And Paul's life, ever since his conversion, had been a fight. Uh-huh. He started this way, struggling with the blindness that was imposed on him on that road to Damascus. But it made him stronger. He suffered not being accepted by the majority of his peers, the apostles. And he isolated himself to a place of Arabia for a few years. But it made him stronger. He had stripes laid to his back. He had been in prison many times. He was nigh death more times than he could count. He endured shipwreck on several occasions. But through it all, his summary was the same. I've been made stronger by the struggle. Someone say hallelujah. In the Old Testament, for Rebecca, if being barren wasn't enough of a worry, strange activity after she could get pregnant and conceive was going on in her womb. A little concerned about what was taking place because she was barren. That was a problem. Now she has kids in her rooms and there's activity going on that's a little weird, a little strange. And she thinks I've jumped from one problem to another problem. What's going on, God? And she asked God, what's going on? This seems a little peculiar. And God told her, he said, there are two boys there within your womb. You're going to have twins. There's going to be a Jacob and an Esau that come forth from your womb. And he told her, he said, currently right now in your womb, they are struggling. 
they are struggling. Jacob with Esau and Esau with Jacob. They're struggling together in your womb, Rebecca. And as a matter of fact, these were the words that he said. He said one of them's going to come forth from the womb or one of them's going to come forth from the struggle and they're going to be having been made stronger by the... Somebody hear me right now today. I just believe by God that whenever two leave a struggle, both can't come forth stronger. And so if you're the one that's coming forth stronger through the struggle, that thing which opposed you is the one that's going forth weaker. If you're getting stronger, then your opposition's getting weaker. So don't demiss the struggle. Someone say hallelujah. David, just a lad, an encounter with a lion, an encounter with a bear, as he in his daddy's pasture, but the encounter with the lion, the bear, don't underplay that, think of it, if you were to go home and have an encounter with a lion and bear, think of it. We've heard the story so many times. You know, okay, okay. Who lion bear, David? Think of it. Next time you go in the zoo, go over the fence they tell you not to. So you can relive scripture and you'll get a little bit more deeper in your heart. A lion and a bear. But his encounter with the lion and the bear prepared him for the vicious words of his eldest brother whenever he went to check on the battle against Goliath the encounter of the lion and the bear prepared him for that massive foe Goliath that he would fight the struggle with the lion and the bear made him stronger for the next struggle I don't know the fortitude David would have had had it not been for the struggle with the lion and the bear but because he had that in the history of his life, that made him stronger for the Goliath that was still in his future. That made him stronger for the words that would just somehow cut him down by his eldest brother when he would get there. Each instance in David's life made him stronger in the midst of his struggles. Pinpoints along a timeline. All David had faced even Goliath now within the mix of his history conditioned him then to be a fugitive from King Saul. Everybody say he didn't look for trouble. David didn't go looking for trouble. When he showed up there at the Valley of Elah that day, he did what his dad told him to do. Go take him crackers and cheese, bread and cheese. Go take him cr crackers and cheese to the boys. He didn't go there looking for a fight. But it found him well, David didn't go looking for trouble. Trouble always, trouble always found him. Well, considering Saul, being a fugitive from Saul, that wasn't something that David had in his bucket list as a goal in his life. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells me that Saul wanted David as his armor bearer. That Saul wanted David as a warrior in his army. David didn't get, go looking for these things. Saul wanted him. 
Saul wanted David to play the harp in his presence. David was saying, hey, can, can, please, can I please? No, it was Saul that invited David in his presence to play the harp. Yet when the story gets going, David's the one that's fleeing the attacks of the javelins from Saul. It's David that's hiding in dens and in caves and in mountains, constantly looking over his shoulder for what? For the next struggle. As a matter of fact, such a dismal picture that the Bible portrays it as this. In 2 Samuel 3 and 1, the Bible says, Now there was, everybody say, long war. Long war between the house of Saul and the house of David. Look at the next phrase, though. But David waxed stronger and stronger. And the house of Saul waxed Weaker and weaker. The problem that David had was a problem that lasted a long time. I'm looking to the faces of a bunch of people this morning. I'm asking you, what problems have been a part of your life here lately and have been there for a long time? What situations cropped up that seemed pretty innocent, but it's been a year now and it's still there? It's been a long time. I did go looking for it, Brother McGee. I never wished God to put this in my life, but it's there, and you have to deal with it every day. It's been there for a long time. Most of the time, it's David being pursued by Saul. Not Saul. Not, 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 not David going after Saul, but Saul pursuing David. It was a long war, the scripture says. But through this long war, this long battle, this great nuisance and annoyance that lasted for some time, the scripture is very explicit in what occurred. David became stronger and stronger. Here came a javelin. He became stronger. Here become another javelin. He became stronger. He's in a den. He's becoming stronger. He's hiding in a cave. That's all right. He's becoming stronger. He's playing the harp. Amen. In the presence, but he's becoming stronger. There's conspirators going out seeking for his life, but he's becoming stronger. The mind game of the adversary, though, is to make you think I'm weaker, I'm weaker, I'm weaker to the place that you'll give up. But if you remove the thorn, you remove the strength. If the thorn is prematurely removed outside of the timetable of God, the strength goes with it. But if you let it stay there, as long as God permissively lets it stay there, you get the kickoff of the benefit of the stronger. Although it may not seem in yourself you're getting that way, God says, I got an eye that sees beyond what your eye can see. And while you feel like you're getting weaker, I declare you're getting stronger. As it looks like you're about ready to just let go, I'm telling you, you still got strength to hold on. Whenever you see there's no answer, I'm telling you, it's just around the corner. You're becoming stronger. By the struggle. There, there is a strength forged by struggles. Even in nature, there is a strength forged by the struggle of a butterfly 
what he experiences as it emerges from its chrysalis. You've probably heard the story about a man who tried to help a butterfly out of its chrysalis by slitting it open to help the butterfly in its struggle that seemed to be going on for some time. Said when the man did that, that the butterfly emerged and had some small, unformed wings and a very swollen body. And that butterfly was never able to fly because it had got help in its struggle. And according to science, it needed the struggle out of its chrysalis in order to force that fluid that was in its body. That's the reason why it's swollen. It has fluid in its body that it's, it's swollen up. But as it fights its way through a small opening in the chrysalis, it forces by constriction, it forces that fluid into the wings that it has and allows the wings of that butterfly then to stretch open, not be shriveled up, but to stretch open and enabling them after they get out of the chrysalis to be able to fly. But that don't happen unless it goes through the struggle of emerging from the chrysalis. If it's shortened, if it's bypassed, if it's shortcutted, it's just doomed to be on land for the rest of its years, probably have an early death because it would live longer with the struggle than if it hadn't had it all together. Someone say man. Folks, whenever Jacob was leaving Haran and going back to Canaan and he had a very, very worrisome heart. The only perceived trouble that he thought he might have on his return journey back home was his twin brother Esau. He thought probably his twin brother would take his life. Amen. But there was a trouble or a struggle he wasn't aware of. Whenever he sent his wives and his family across the ford, the brook Jabbok, and the Bible says he was there alone. Hallelujah. But there was an angel or a man, as Scripture describes it, that began to struggle, that began to wrestle with Jacob by the brook. And the angel said in this struggle, let me go, Jacob. But Jacob knew something. He knew something that Paul knew. Amen. In the New Testament, Jacob knew he couldn't quit. Jacob knew he couldn't quit short of the process. He could not shortcut it. He couldn't bypass it. He didn't pick this fight to begin with. I was here all alone and trouble come finding me. I was here by myself, minding my own business and trouble showed up. But I can't let this thing quit too soon. I can't let the process be shortened. He says, I will not let you go except thou bless me. In other words, don't you come presenting a struggle unless I get some strength out of this thing. I don't want to go through the struggle as if I just shortcut it and I don't have nothing to show for it. There's nothing, there's no medallion, there's no pen, there's nothing to... I don't want to do that. Whenever I get done with this thing, I want to point at something and say, looky right here. This is what was benefited from the struggle. This is the kickback. This is the reward. Hey, whenever this thing is all done, I want to be able to say, hey, it was long and it was hard, but I've been made stronger by it. Jacob knew if I'm in a struggle it must make me stronger when I'm weak Paul said then am I strong 
And if I'm not stronger yet, I'm not calling this thing off. If there's not a new endowment of strength yet, I'm not saying dismiss it, Lord, because I want this thing to serve the purpose it was sent to serve in my life. And the irony of the situation is when the day ends, Jacob leaves with a limp, but he's still stronger. <clears throat> According to an article by U.S. News and World Report, a great way to build and maintain muscle. I got your attention, Zach McGee. A great way to build and maintain muscle or become stronger is by resistance training, weightlifting. This type of training was simply referred to as carrying a load. They say there are a lot of different ways to carry a load, but one of the best loads to carry is your own body weight. In other words, Use the resistance created by your own person to get stronger. Because folks, from this perspective looking out, there are times I watch saints of God, saints that God has made me responsible for, thrash about with issues, thrash about with problems, personal temptations, there's times, Bishop, as a pastor, I want to get involved in your mess. But I must not. I can pray and I must preach. But I can't pull you out. Because if you can make it through, even your personal struggles, if you can make it through carrying the load of your personal baggage, I know you're going to be made stronger by it. If you can say no to temptation just by being in church and hearing the word preaching, you can say no. I know when you come out of that, you're going to be stronger than what you were when you went into that if you'll carry your own baggage. Somebody hear me right now. Because every struggle we have in this life is not all exterior. Some of the most faithful struggles are resident within. They're our own personal battles, our own personal thoughts, our own personal weights, and our own personal dilemmas. Hallelujah. But I'm here to somehow encourage somebody today that if you can bear those annoying struggles that you have in your person every day, God's going to make you stronger by them as he did the Apostle Paul. That thorn wasn't for everybody, but it was Paul's personal battle. He said, I'll bear the load of my own weight and God will make me stronger by it. Made stronger by the struggle. In nature, 
nature God entrusted the oyster with irritants such as sand because he knew he'd keep it till he made a pearl out of it the question that I have for us today is this can God trust us with a struggle can God trust us with a struggle will we give up will we give in or will we fight back and hold our own will we choose to become stronger by the struggle used to around here many of them may remember this but the young people used to have a saying around here when someone was having a difficult time I don't know if Shauna Woods was the originator of this but nevertheless they would say struggles you remember that Zach, some of you do some of you don't maybe having difficult times it might just be something silly they're having difficulty with but just listen to me they'd just say struggles tremendous I just want to amend it just a little bit and go ahead and just let's say it and let's admit it struggles but let there be a pause and let's follow it up with stronger I see it too sometimes struggles but then stronger sickness Brenda struggles brother trout stronger Brother Terry, this time of year, job there on the edge and maybe a possibility, who knows? Struggles, wait, stronger. Fred, struggles, long war, wait, stronger. Problems in your marriage, struggles. Hold on, don't dismiss it, stronger. As a church, whatever we face, struggles. But hold on, bear that load, stronger. Someone say amen. Jesus. The calf. The calf could have stopped running. You can bring me back up, brother. If it red lines, I won't be there all the time. I know when it drops. Yes, I do. The calf could have stopped running. It could have gave in to the struggle. Only it and its mother, it could have gave in to the struggle that was posed by the pack of wolves. For one thing, it was the odds were against them. But instead, in the moment of decision, it decided that maybe it was time for it to do perhaps something it had never done up to that moment in time and kick its back leg. Maybe, you know what, I've had enough of this. This is enough of this. I know it's not going to be dismissed from me, but you know what, this has just spawned me to do something I've never done before. I'm going to do a bishop kick with my legs, and I'm going to fight back. What's going on? If it prompted you to do something you never did before, you're becoming stronger by the struggle. You're I've seen struggles cause people to pray sometimes more than they ever prayed. Cause people to take up days of fasting when they never fasted otherwise. Find people to be more faithful to church than what they ever been in their life. You know what that's doing? That's making you stronger through your struggle. That problem may be there because it's trying to make you stronger in some areas. It may be other areas that you're not even privy to. But I guarantee you if God has his purpose and his work in it, you're not coming out of there weaker. You're coming out of there stronger.
not get rid of the thorn. Nor would he ever, at least according to the scripture. And nor would he ask again that it might be dismissed. After he had learned that when he was weak, then he would be made strong. God's economy is very different from our economy, ladies and gentlemen. The scripture bears so much truth. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts higher than our thoughts. I believe it's either, either Solomon or the psalmist to ask who can know the ways of the Lord. They're like, they're like paths upon the water. What is it? You can't find them. They sometimes are very mysterious. In God's economy, I believe it was the prophet Isaiah even said, see, this is God's economy. In God's economy, it's the lame that take the prey. It's that one that is challenged. That one that has some disability. That one that is weak that does the taking of the prey. Because all they, although they may be challenged in one respect, as a result of that, they'll be made stronger in other ways. If you can stand with me this morning. When you ask for deliverance and it doesn't come, I'm begging you today, then just ask for strength. Because the strength you may get may be new venues that open up for you like they did for Jesus Christ. Hear me here just this morning. I'm coming to a close. Or I wouldn't have you stand. Everybody say Calvary. Calvary. Struggle. In the basic surface idea of Calvary, it may not have made Christ any stronger. Because I believe he's as strong as he ever going to be. But, listen to me. Calvary accomplished some things that had not been done up to that point of time. As a matter of fact, New Testament writers oftentimes speak of the power of his resurrection. Power of his resurrection. But all of that is initiated by the turmoil of his crucifixion. I'm talking about the power. But the power, those venues, those things that were never done up to that point in time were birthed from a struggle. Somebody hear me. Someone say Calvary. Because of Calvary, New Testament Scripture tells me that Christ led captivity captive because of the struggle. He made a show of the enemies openly because of that struggle. He triumphed over them. The Bible says by His cross, His struggle... And only in this, only in this, folks, only in this sense was he made stronger by the struggle. 
And so this morning as I close, I just state this. Let the narration of your life, when you find yourself in that trial, in that struggle, in that woe that sometimes lasts long, let the narration of your life, if we can just bow our heads this morning, be this. They're going to be made stronger by the struggle. They're going to be made stronger by the struggle. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.